You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. All right, another Dan Coke episode. This will be the last one that I have planned at the moment. I don't know exactly what I'll be doing next week or the week after. I know I'm on tour this week out on the road with Matt and Toby. Uh, Come see us, by the way. Uh, Dan and I discuss on this episode more about the Tax Day March, and particularly a group of people that he found there with holding up a sign that said, white dudes are a bummer. And he, uh, you know, got into it with those people, not really got into it because Dan doesn't really get into it with people, but he had a discussion with those people and we discussed that discussion on this episode today. Hope you find it interesting. I won't yeah, keep you here any longer other than to remind you to get your podcast gear at Broadcast Supply Worldwide, BSWUSA. Use the promo code DOWN to get 10% off your podcast gear. And joeysturgistones.com. Use the promo code PODCAST20 to get 20% off any of his audio software, stuff like that. Check out my website, breakitdownpod.com. Make sure you're subscribed. Please tell people to listen to the show if you like it. And, uh, you know, I've got a Patreon over there if you want to consider. I would ask you to consider supporting this show directly if you listen to it often. I think you could pay a little bit, join our Slack community, and we'd be glad to have you. Breakitdownpod.com. Here we go. Break it down, Dada. Break it down, oh, break it down. 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 Yeah. Okay, so back to the chart thing we were talking about last week. Yeah, so just a little recap. So I gave this uh, visual aid, and Reva, you can put that up on the uh, screen here, of starting at the top. It's really simplified, but it's just meant to show that it's a cycle. So we have information that we receive as an individual, Mm -hmm. and then we have the fact that we exist in a group. Mm -hmm. And in between our individual reception of information and our group, we have confirmation bias that acts on whatever, stuff we already believe. Um, And just confirmation bias, again, is like, can I believe it or must I believe it? If we want to believe something, then we only need one piece of evidence to believe it. If we don't want to believe something, we only need one piece of evidence not to believe it. And in today's smartphone-laden world, it's very easy to find that one piece of information either direction. Either direction. And last week we gave the example of listening to uh, an interview of David Frum on the Ezra Klein show. Ezra Klein is left-leaning. David Frum is right-leaning. People are on all the spectrum are listening to that same conversation and they're coming away with confirming different views because they are hearing the stuff that they already agree with. Now we come to we're in our group and there's two things going on within the group. One is we have a tribal identity. We have many tribal identities. We're all a part of many groups or tribes. The ones I mentioned for myself, touring musicians. I am like a post-evangelical Christian. I am like an older millennial from the West Coast. Mm-hmm. I'm like a coastal urban guy. For us is Whatever. also Whatever, yeah. Tribe. I'm people who wear glasses, <laughs> right? Uh, so we all have these tribes. Increasingly these days, I consider myself a, a political moderate So I'm a part of other, a group of other political moderates. Do political moderates like Mm -hmm. this thinker? Mm -hmm. 
If not, I better stay away from him. I got to be careful of that, right? So now you're an individual with confirmation bias that moves into and finds those same groups of people. Yes. And then okay. what and happens then is... Within the group, you have then group selection bias or uh -huh. group... It's called group homogene homogeneity, whatever uh, factor or whatever. So when you're in a group, you tend to think all the people in my group are really different and all the people in the other group are all the same. Yeah. And this is the thing that people do. That there are, and we actually didn't talk about this uh, last week, but there are these studies that will that they, where they can show this psychologically that people will imagine that members of an out group all believe the same thing. Yeah. So, oh well, those are all those just Trump dumb. supporters are all, all those this. Trump supporters they are all hits. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Or all those liberal elites getting but, paid to protest. Yeah. They just don't want to work. So, like a conservative man would say, you know, all those kids they don't want to work. Yeah. So all liberals are lazy, or you say all those old folks are racists. Mm -hmm. All old people have ra are racist. Of course not. Neither of those are true. Uh, each of those groups are full of a diverse mm -hmm. set of individuals. Yeah. The only thing that makes them the same is that they share political mm -hmm. beliefs. Everything and so then we go from there to the most once the those most groups. pernicious yeah. part of the cycle is then going back to the individual level. We are bombarded with marketing and social media algorithms. And we are we are give we are hand fed information that we are really likely to agree. But see with. that that's an emer and we didn't talk about that last week. But that's an emergent from I mean the uh, the marketers and the brands and the power and the influence gets involved once the group is there. Then they can identify it, and then they they go for those people back in isolation, and and the cycle starts over. So yes. you, what happens is an individual. Uh, has some barely intuitive leanings away. At some point, there's just an individual outside of everything has some slight leanings. Then he has some confirmation bias. Then he stumbles his way into a tribe. Yep. And now that tribe is like, oh, there's 10 million people like me. Yep. Then the, the the money and the marketers and people go, 10 million people, that's $10 billion for us if we can harm. Now we identify we it there. It right. So instead of ever trying to feed you, the individual, a certain thing in the first place, they don't get involved until they've identified you as part of a large funnel, target, tribe, whatever, and then thus was born the marketing. And, and, right. And th that really is the the uh, the propellant put put on top of the situation we're already in lately. Yeah. Because it's gotten so effective and good. Right. And so last week we talked about the difference between what might have happened 50 years ago where, oh, the diner in this neighborhood of Columbus, Ohio – happens to have a lot of people who are working class and they prefer the Boston Globe to the New York Times. So that, and so they yeah. carry it and they don't carry the Times. And all the things in that particular paper right. would be slightly geared yeah, this way. Geared more more way. ads for middle class things. Sure. More articles that would relate to them or confirm yeah. things that they like. That's that's And know. that's and that's dangerous. Like yeah. it would be dangerous to sort of just be this one kind of thing. But today it's just so much higher octane. So yeah. one of the interesting things about our tribes today is that most of those tribes communicate online mm -hmm. we who are we facebook friends with which and you were talking about how they even know the algorithm knows when you're scrolling yeah, through yeah. your facebook feed how long you linger yeah. over a post mm -hmm. they count the milliseconds you know something else is uh they do studies that say <sighs> they've made these fake articles where it's a headline and a paragraph and then gibberish for the rest of the way down. Yeah. And they count how much those 
articles get shared, and it's, it's it's astonishing. Oh, because clearly you didn't. They didn't click on it. Right. Well, they may have clicked on it. They looked at it, shared it, commented, and they sent didn't it out read, to all their friends. They and didn't read past the first paragraph. And it was yeah. just engineered to prove that you're not even reading the stuff that you're sharing and and reporting. Yeah. Like it's, it's like yeah, it says this about Obama. He's this, that, and that, whatever, whatever, and then just literally gibberish for the next eight paragraphs and people are it gets tens of thousands of shares of people like yes it just whips up hysteria yeah Yeah. right so it's so crazy that nowadays so anyway you get these algorithms do their thing and you end up with uh, a platter of articles and whatever posts by certain friends and not from other friends because you lingered longer or you liked it or you know, you shared it, or you commented on it, and then it just the cycle. Now you're back to yourself, yeah. And here you are consuming information, me, and the cycle just keeps going. Let me give another analogy that occurs to me. It's feeding you what you seem to want, at least. But here's the yeah. danger in that. Um, I don't eat sugar most of the time, but I was eating a bunch of sugar on Easter. I might eat those mini eggs. I love them. Yeah. Uh, my wife made a cake. All this sugar and stuff around the house. Yeah. When Easter's over, I put the candy not in my view anymore. Yeah. Um. I have strong affinity for candy and sugar, and so it, whatever. And then, but that cake is still sitting out there, and it's making it really difficult for me not to eat it. But if it was, if if my house and grocery shopping and refrigerator were all AIs with billion dollar algorithms, imagine what it would tell me that I really oh like, and how attractive it would look, and what yeah. my fridge would be stocked with, and my cabinet. Yeah. It'd be smarties and nerds and oh, runts yeah. all over my damn oh, yeah. house, and that's and I, and it would be right that that's what I want. Yeah, and if I was like, well, I don't know, just what's what's in my fridge, I don't know. Yeah, so like, I like it. Think about that's it. That's what I'd have. We would we would never think we would never ever think that what a person should do to feed themselves is just open the fridge and whatever's there, eat it. Let, and, or, someone or else let, will fill it up. Yeah, or let Facebook fill your fridge for you based on but, whatever makes them the most money, not whatever's we, most. Yes. You're not choosing the tab that says I want healthiest food. But which we actually is possible. Yeah, you but can. we don't. That's not our current setup of the internet. Right. It so, could be in the future. Though. Yeah, that'd be interesting. It'd be it'd be great if someone could come up with like a Whole Foods version of Facebook. Yeah, or but it's whatever. not even that. It's the fact that it's choosing for you what it knows you want based on your behavior. That's right. What's, so that's so, what's so crazy. I would just open up the refrigerator and it would just be like really good brie. Yeah, <laughs> frappuccinos. Mm-hmm. It would be like Dick's cheeseburgers. And yeah, that's what it would be. It would be amazing. I would just. Every, I'd be like, man, this is so great. Every time I log into my kitchen... It's exactly what I want. Exactly what I want is yeah. in the fridge, yeah. and I didn't even have to do anything yeah. for it. But, but we... And yet, that's exactly what we do when right. we log on to Facebook or Twitter, right? Twitter's a little different because you choose who to follow, but Facebook is especially pernicious in this regard. Yeah. And so we talked about some ways to sort of fight that. We'll just mention the last one, which <laughs> Facebook is... Facebook now is like turning a... Really hungry kid loose in a grocery store where everything's free. Where everything's free. Yeah, that's that's what that's what it was what we're yeah. doing. Yeah. And it well, even even more so, they go, Oh, you know what? <laughs> there are these two different brands of milkshakes. One of them takes longer to drink. Yeah. We're gonna put the one in that takes longer to drink so he stays in the store longer. Yeah, it's just slow drip of milkshake and you're just hooked up to the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right, right, right. Like they figure out the way to, <laughs> to make it take the longest to drink the milkshake. Because they get paid just by you being in the grocery yeah. store. The longer you're yeah. in, you listen to the ads and they get their ad revenue yeah. by more people in the store. It's slow drip of, of milkshake at the grocery store for nine year olds. That's right. that's everybody on Facebook now. Okay, so I was saying how I love Leaning into my punk rock roots mm-hmm. as a as a teenager and going fuck you algorithm I will not do what you say, you know, 
uh, what is it? Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Well, yeah. What song Rage is that? Against Machine. Yeah, Rage, right, yeah. Just over and over again. I'm not going to read the articles you give Zach me. Zach Rocha also said, your anger is a gift. I don't know if he got that from somewhere, but I always like that one too. Your anger is a gift. Well, in this case, I'm, I'm leaning into it. So um, I think anger can be corrosive in the end. But So I, I'm just trying to say, no, I'm not, I'm not going to be a part of that. I will choose my news sources, mm-hmm. but that's not what I want to talk about. So punk rock. Now let's transition back to the tax march I went to mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, a week and a half ago. There were two people there who would consider themselves to be punk rock. They were the the white man and the white woman I mentioned who had the sign, the giant sign that said "White dudes are a bummer." <laughs> I love okay, it. tell so, me more about these people. Okay, so they came, and uh, and and they I, I, I had seen them milling about, and then sort of the march came to a stop at Westlake Center, like just for a light or to let people cross or something. And there they were just like holding their big sign, like like a three foot kind of, I don't know, like a cardboard thing saying white dudes are a bummer. And I, I, I was standing right near them. And I kind of caught the woman's eye who was holding the car, the cardboard. They're probably about 28 years old, something like that. And I was like, am I a bummer? Like, cause we're here at the same March and like, you know, I came down here. You're mm-hmm. at the March. I'm at the March. Am I a bummer? She's like, well, so I walk over and she's like, well, statistically, yes. Okay, okay. Good. Statistically, yes, you're a bummer. I was like, okay. Good. That was the best answer she could have yeah, given Yeah, that's a that decent, moment. that's a pretty good answer. But then the guy started talking and he's like, and I was like, is he a bummer? Like, are you a bummer? You're a white guy. You're holding the sign. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I'm a part of the, you know, whatever, white supremacy. And then I, and I was like, well, how, you know, how can this apply to all white people? And he's like, he says to me, if you're not here to stop the white supremacist system that got Donald Trump elected, what are you here to do? To which I responded, I'm here for Donald Trump to show his tax returns. Like, right. I'm here for the stated purpose yeah. of the march, which is this law that requires the Secretary of Treasury to release taxes. Mm-hmm. That's what the march is for. I'm not here to fight white supremacy. I might go to a different march to fight white supremacy. So I, I responded that way. And and we got into a thing about it. And I was like, look, and they they would they would be like, well, don't you know that, you know, there's a real problem with, with uh, white Americans being favored over black Americans in terms of incarceration and education? I was like, yes, I know that. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. And they would go, and they would go, oh, well, you know, the, there, there's power structures and we have to be, we have to be in opposition to these power structures that basically hold other people down. We have to acknowledge our privilege. I was like, I totally agree. But why are all white dudes a bummer then? Like, here, you and I, two white dudes, are talking about this. We are agreeing on the problem. I would imagine if any of our African-American friends were here right now, they would go, these white dudes are not a bummer. In fact, Mm -hmm. these two white dudes are bringing a conversation forward, Mm -hmm. whatever. But I saw that sign as a person who agrees with them Mm -hmm. on the problem already is at a fucking march yeah. with them. And I'm turned off by the sign because of how categorical it is. Yeah. I'm like, look, I know what you're getting at, but like, I'm not a bummer. In fact, I don't have to be a bummer just because I'm a white dude. Yeah, maybe, maybe I mean, that's it seems really, obvious. I it mean, seems but, obvious. Yeah. So maybe that's what I really want to say is like, I don't like... It's 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 kind of the height of absurdity. You, you think it's counterproductive for somebody that even may agree with the, the guy that to communicate that way. It's sort of like okay, if there were a march 
on Wall Street, okay, by people within the financial industry who were like, we need to self-police. Like, we need mm -hmm. stricter regulations on CEOs of banks and, you know, we need more prosecution of financial mm -hmm. crimes, tougher sentences. And then an Occupy person was there with a sign saying, like, Wall Street is, Wall Street is the enemy. Mm -hmm. You know, the socialist alternative. It's like, okay, um, except... Here are a bunch of people from Wall yeah. Street trying to self-police yeah. and incur it's it's an it's on the face of it, it's an insane thing to say. Yeah. The tax march was like a bunch of like a lot of like sort of fiscally conservative. There was like ton like the average age was like 45 or 50 at this march. Tons of older people. It's Seattle, most of them are white. They're all there to demand accountability from a president that surely these ad activists do not like on a concrete issue and they're saying all of them are a part of a white supremacist system mm -hmm. and that's the time they chose to do it and so i'm trying to engage them in conversation and basically they say you know what i'm not she, she the girl spikes speaks up she says you know what i'm not here to baby people who feel bad about their privilege and i was like uh do i feel bad about my like is your critique of me having these disagreements with you about messaging that I feel bad about my privilege and therefore you can block me out? I mean, it was like it was like the height of immaturity. Imma immaturity and childish is what I yeah. want to say about almost all the nonsense out there. That's what I can't, right. can't believe. I mean, just childishness is just it's the lack of complexity and childishness with everybody. It's just it's astonishing. Right. So. The reason I say that is they they thought they were being punk rock, and maybe they were in a certain sense, but really they're they're just being childish. And then a as we walk away, this woman who's a teacher who was a teacher for forty years, whatever, comes up and starts talking to me and saying how I really agreed with you. And I could hear them conversing amongst themselves, going like, oh, "Yeah, but I mean, like, you know, twenty five percent more likely for blacks to be da 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 da." And I'm like, they're just repeating the stats to themselves to to convince themselves yeah. that they're right and that this reasonable guy who agreed on those facts mm -hmm. you, you must know, have a problem. They're in a tribe. Yeah. They're in a group, uh, a radical left sort of tribe, and they, and uh, it makes them feel great. So yeah. I was talking about Clearly. this. Clearly. I mean, they wouldn't like it. I mean, it's almost like if, if we fix a the problem, they'd be bummed. <laughs> right. It's almost what it feels like. If they like. didn't have something, yeah, yeah, to rage against, right? So like, yeah, for example, so I was talking about this with my um, with my wife's family. In fact, that's my tip to actual stated white supremacists out there: get become the best at equality, <laughs> and then you can. <laughs> then see if what. you're if you're a member of the clan, just make it clear that white people are the best. Yeah, at social justice and equality, then see yeah. what happens to the if world. You're, if you're <laughs> if you're a clan member and you really hate those leftist activists, the best way to get their yeah. goat. Is to make America to just, super look, just. We're great at building societies and taking over territory <laughs> and or self-organizing. So yeah. just become the best at causing equality to be mandated, and then say whatever. Oh then my what, god! Nobody can complain about. That's you. the funniest. Then you can claim your white supremacy after that. Yeah. Then you could say, yeah. no, really, we are the supreme race because we created equality. Now, no, right? Exactly. That, that is, <laughs> Between races. Right. So clearly, we are supreme. Conversations over. Yeah. yeah conversations conversation over. over. <laughs> That's hilarious. But so I was talking about this 
And I was like, it's kind of like the people outside of baseball games with the you're going to hell, God hates fags mm -hmm. signs. Uh, what would those people do if like all the gay people were like, not gay anymore? No, they'd were... just find the next thing. It right. would be, it's obvious what they would do. They would just, the, the li those lists are really long, by the way. Yeah, right. Okay. Like, so so they, they, it's just mo check, even if you could sure. check one off. Cross just, a couple yeah. things off, there's still plenty of things they, on the They'd list. go back to dancing eventually. Right, if they had to. just be dancing is bad. It's what they'd be holding signs up. I mean, it doesn't matter. They'd come up with something. It's a right. mindset. It's a mindset. And, and, and what I realized is that actually these, I think that this couple who had this sign, they're just sort of like the protest version of the of the Christian guy with the sign. Yeah, it's looking for, con it's in intentional. It's intentionally causing conflict. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and here's why. For, and they believe that's a good thing to do, I imagine. Well, I think that they're... I think they have some confused ideas, and I think they have some good intentions, which just like the guys carrying the signs surely have some good intentions as well that are misdirected. But here's what here's what I really wanted when I thought about it when I really got down to it is if those two kids, late 20s, if they really wanted equality for black Americans, as they say they would not do something so counterproductive yeah. to that cause. Right. That makes them feel so good and righteous. Mm -hmm. They hold that sign and they're like, we are the fucking best. Yeah. We're, we're the doing ones. doing it, babe. We're speaking truth we to power. We're doing it, yeah. babe. We're speaking yeah. truth to power. Yeah. No, you're actually making fun of allies in your fight. Yeah, you're eating your own at that point. Right. Yeah. And, and yet, how much harder is it to have a nuanced conversation, to go to a Denny's and engage someone in conversation who agrees with you about white supremacy and understand where they're coming from. That's hard work. Yeah. That's it's not like, And it sexy. baits people into those same mentalities, pushing them away from center and bringing them, you know, you're, you know, noise making, this and that. They're causing whole new tribes and people like belonging to tribes. So you, yeah. you, you're just pulling people away from individuals who can interact and do stuff and making more people the ones that are they go oh, it does feel good to say that or be this yep. or find the right answers or be extreme it feels good yep. so now you're just pulling more people into that you know right and away and, from real life and to your point then people on the right see a photo of that in an article or whatever yeah. and they go these leftists are insane yeah you're no different than them to the outside now right they're not they're the not uh, they're not showing compassion they're not citing statistics they're just name calling and in fact they're name calling their own you right. know at a right. oh they can't even get organized you know whatever they're like all the things that your average fox news viewer would think seeing footage of that yeah and so i, I think what it comes and down to me is the caricature of people from you know where i'm from that are, that are whatever like that but yeah those people like matt and dan and those people <laughs> right <laughs> whatever, you know? yeah all yeah right and so i i guess what i what i want to challenge myself to do is like i want to think about okay if i'm going to advocate for a group of people let's say i let's say i want to advocate for refugees mm -hmm. And I think that there's a real problem, which I do, with how refugees are thought about and treated in America um, and how little we're, how few we're now letting in, which is zero. Um, is it zero or is I mean, zero I, yeah, now? it's all basically I mean, that can't paused. Be, right. There's, I mean, no refugee has come into the United States lately. That can't uh, the Trump's, Trump's travel ban would restrict all refugee entrances 
from every country for it's like 120 days or something. Yeah, I mean you. I mean, and basically he's already going to hit the quota for the year. He re- he lowered the yearly quota, cut it in half, and will already hit that. But there's not so, zero refugee. That's well, refugee. so it is it is essentially now no more than we're already mid system, like no more are being admitted until fiscal year 2018 mm-hmm. or whatever. So really, it's it's effectively a stop to all new refugee applicants f- until the next year. The next cap is announced. Um, the, just the way that because the system takes a long time, mm-hmm. it, it really is. I mean, he basically he effectively stopped it for eleven months. So there will it, it's not all this year, but there will be an eleven month period in which no one new comes in from any country, and then Syria is indefinitely, mm-hmm. which is the greatest need the greatest for refugees need, right yeah. now. So if I, but okay, but so let's just say I think that that's a problem. What I need to ask myself is, what I think I need to ask myself is, and this is where I'm increasingly leaning, is how do I get refugees into America? Or alternately, how do I get funding for refugee programs? Or how do I change cultural attitudes toward refugees? If, If I care mostly about the refugees, then that's, and then I will also think in my personal life, is there anything I can be doing for actual refugees who are near me that depending on where you live, and what your job is and how many kids you have, the answer to that might change. But if all I do is retweet all the articles that slam people for bad refugee policy, I'm not actually doing much toward that end. And if all I do is sort of criticize those who disagree with me and demonize them and say, well, what we really need to do is just like get – Get the left whipped up into a fear frenzy and and whatever, and then get things passed. That might work in the short term, but really, the way to the way to get a better refugee policy in America is for Americans to not be afraid of refugees, for Americans to tell their representatives, mm-hmm. "We want to be a welcoming nation. Like we want you to vote for refugees, at least from areas that really need it. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. Like you just you think." How do I help refugees? And you always, in almost every instance, okay? This is my claim that I I think is true. In almost every instance, if you can get moderate people of the opposing political view on your side, that is the best way to actually help the people you are trying to help. To say it again. If you want to help refugees, if you want to help African Americans who are facing actual injustice, I I totally agree. You get moderate Republicans to agree with your aims. It's like the moms against drunk driving thing we as talked about. As opposed to attack them. <laughs> yeah, as opposed to attack them. Right. Yeah. So like wow. you want Novel you idea. want my mom, right? Mm-hmm. Who is a Republican voter, but a moderate person, Christian woman, you know, loves people, employed an immigrant housekeeper that we became family friends with, you know. Mm-hmm. You want my mom on your side for the racial justice component or for refugee resettlement. Mm -hmm. She's who you want. And if you just go, whites are bummers to her, she's like, what are you talking? Like, why are you attacking me? Yeah. You know? Yeah, not, yeah. And so it's a larger point of like, I'm really becoming more and more convinced that if what you really care about is the people you're advocating for, you need to, 
you need to ask moderates who disagree with you why they disagree, and you need to work together mm -hmm. to find a solution. If what you really want is to feel self-righteous and to have a lot of catharsis for being a prophet who speaks truth right, to power, right, yeah, yeah. well, that's fucking easy. Yeah. That's easy. It's easier. I mean, it might be hard to, like, skip a day of work and go protest or something, but, man, you're going to get so many emotional rewards from that. Yeah, yeah you're obviously. not going to. That's, that's easy. You'll feel great about yourself. The harder work and the less satisfying in the moment work is the slog with people you don't agree with, learning how they think, and coming together to solutions that are actually sustainable for the whole yeah, population. Yeah, a good question would be, could it, would you be willing to meet in the middle and assume that that actually could be right in some way? Like, would you, how could you want to change people without w being willing to be changed would be a way to put it. Oh, that's part of it. Do you know, like, and so if you're unwilling to be changed, if you're unwavering in what you know, yeah. then you probably also have very little ability to change anybody else, I would say. Yeah. You probably, you know what I mean? Like, it's because, for instance, if I get angry with somebody, they're going to become defensive, right? So just part of your whole disposition will influence and, and dictate the social dynamic. There's, it's unavoidable. So the more staunch you are, the more convinced you are, the more certain you are, um, that's going to be, uh, that's going to be intuited and, and understood in your entire disposition and thus yeah. making you less effective, you know? Yeah, you think about, okay, let's say that you're an advocate for people with Down syndrome, okay? Mm -hmm. So let's say you're kind of like a respect all life advocate, and you would say, you would probably say, hey, you know what would be a really great thing for the people who are pushing for legislation to make it super easy to abort Down syndrome babies or whatever? Mm -hmm. Have them hang out in a community of Down syndrome people for a few weeks, see if it changes their mind. Yeah. You would think spending time, if you're an advocate for people with Down syndrome, you'd be like, dude, spending time with Downs people? You'll love them. Yeah. Like they will worm their way into your heart yep. and you will go, these people are valuable and you will change your mind. Right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so why, but why are we, for instance, on the left, unwilling to spend time with yeah. Trump voters? They're human beings. Yeah. We're going to, or with rural people or whatever. Or why are some people on the right unwilling to engage with young liberal people? Mm -hmm. They have, they're people. They have aspirations. They have stories. There's reasons that they believe the things that they believe. I'm pushing for, in basically in all cases, in unless you literally have Hitler, okay, or whatever Stalin, mm -hmm. unless you literally have a dictator who's about to like just murder a, a bunch of people. Always, always try and find compassion for the people with whom you disagree. If you really want to f see change yeah. on an issue. Which, which risks you being changed. Yes, and you will be changed. Yeah. And you know what? That's the best part about human life. Because that's what you're looking for out for the other person. I mean, the, the biggest yeah. example of that, the, one of the worst ones, is the way Christians want to evangelize without getting their hands dirty. Or like, yep. you know, oh yeah, I I'm, I'm allow myself to be around non-Christians, but it's for an express purpose. It's not to fit, yeah. see where we all land and what they might could learn from me and me from them. It's just it's right. a project. So right. and at least in that one, it's not necessarily or overtly hateful or anything like that. But nonetheless, it's still the same thing. It's like okay, we're well, not making a lot of progress when the other person clearly knows you're simply a project 
yeah, or a, a number or a conversion to them, you know. Well, and then in yeah. politics, it's even usually more hostile than that. But well, I, I think a lot of uh, to, to use the church example or the, or the religion example, you know, I, I know of plenty of Christian thinkers, writers, theologians who would say some of the most helpful conversations I've ever had have been with atheists mm-hmm. because an atheist will show me the weaknesses in my argument. Which you should want to know. Which I should want you to know. should want to know. Yeah. If I believe this is true and I believe that there is an argument to be made for it, it should be the best argument possible. Right. It's hard to hang out with an atheist and really give them the floor. It takes, it actually takes maturity. Mm-hmm. It takes... Yeah, uh, complexity, maturity, yeah. It's not a willingness it's not to simple. A willingness to have your identity challenged. So we're, yeah. we're back to... That group identity, And that right? term is one that I've been hearing some and using a little bit lately, which would be, you say that was be strong manning versus straw manning. Yeah, yeah. And uh, st- steel manning, I'm sorry. Yeah, not steel straw manning. manning. Yeah. yeah, steel manning. So in, it, everybody understands what straw manning is, which is a good thing that that's out there in, in yep. the vernacular too, that people get what you're doing when you make a face, a fake opponent or a theoretical opponent. You know, a good one would be the... the White people are bummer guy. Like if you if you set everybody up to be that, it's easy to tear that down and say they, right. the the left are that, and then right. it's easy to trash them. But it's hard to you know it's hard and it's the real work to give them every bit of credit for what they're doing, and then engage and go from there. Yeah, and, and that's how that's the only way you you can really you make him win people or an argument or points with straw manning, but it's not progress. It's not helping in anything until you concede yeah. the best points, until you promote and concede the best points of your opponent's arguments. And that's where yeah. we, we're going to have to lean into that. And that's only for you know people that are willing to be complex and mature. So if you prefer childish stuff and rewards and feeling good about yourself, then yeah, keep, keep on with the straw man. Well, I think about this all the time, and it's so it's so hard to realize and remember it, but like... The fact of the matter is, if you ever find two experts on any topic who are mature people who disagree, and you talk to them about it for a while, or you watch them debate, or you read a book that they co-author, or whatever, <laughs> it's always complex. Mm-hmm. It's never cut of and dry. Of course not. That's just the way the world is. It's not that satisfying to the, to the way we like clear lines, Mm -hmm. narrative, clear narrative, Mm -hmm. winners and losers. I think that there are reasons that we like that stuff. I think that uh, the fact that we love heroes and we hate villains really contribute to human morality. And yeah, it's great. It's part of the design, right? It's part of the design of human beings. However, it's not, it's not ultimately accurate. Well, it's good for some things, but it's misapplied in a lot of the things that we're into now as a society. But we have that kind of wiring built in as part of it. But it's mainly, if you want to really get super deep, not deep, but fundamental about it, it's basically an insecurity and looking for answers you know, to quell some existential insecurity that there must be a right and a wrong and a good and a bad and a narrative here when, it, it's really frustrating to think, yeah, we like stories, but that's all we can do to have a memory and remind ourselves of who we are and where we're going. We're just using that um, because it's kind of scary that, you know, like st- Hollywood and stories are stories. They're not, they're not really real. Like, yeah, you kind of know if something's real because it doesn't really. It's it's, it's just not that simple. Yeah, I it's think just not. Nothing. Stories are real in a way, uh, 
in, in Real fact, life actually, just doesn't it's just not that way. The, but the best stories, even Hollywood, mm-hmm. and the best novels and the, and the best films and everything, is like present a move from immaturity toward maturity. You know, an example of that, and and I would just say in the optimistic way, because I'm not, I'm really not pessimistic at all. I'm actually quite optimistic uh, that we're going to get this stuff figured out, but um, and improve over time, because from my understanding that's just the trend we just get better and society continues to improve and that's not popular because everybody likes to say the opposite of that because it makes them feel good but i would think society's clearly improving and always has we may face some big threats i basically agree and i would i would theologize that a little bit but i basically but there's there's a there's a good example here which would be the what like a immaturity to maturity and is going to always include complexity so if you even if you just look at where we're at entertainment wise we're on a whole nother level now of not of heroes and villains and stories like we we're finally like okay we like tony soprano and whatever walter white from breaking bad i mean we we can we're that's that means we're able to digest complexity if you if you showed somebody whose favorite show was gilligan's island um the sopranos the next week i don't think they would have liked it or mm. they would just dislike Tony Soprano. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I'm a little bit afraid of we can taking ha- something so micro and applying it to like the human race. It's like a 30-year, <laughs> well, 40-year gap. Well, as a culture, we're able to digest more mature and complex things yeah. and see the nuance in them. And, and it's refreshing, in fact. Like We like these anti-heroes. I'm just taking that as a point of progress. Yeah, I, I guess I would... So on the, on the issue because of... Because they're complex, and we, it's like, that does resonate. Okay. Yeah. It's not, it's not white shirts and black shirts here, or, or whatever. Right, and that's, that's really what came out of the end of the 60s, I think, of like the kind of the, um, the sad white realism of the hats. 70s mm-hmm. is like is like, okay, it's not so simple who's good and who's bad. And the Vietnam War was, especially in America, really mm-hmm. challenging our notions yeah. of being the good guys. And uh, but, I, but I think that, too, like, there could be a progress. Rough times, good outcomes. That's, that's what it is. I mean, that's well, the there could But there could be a kind of a, a pendulum progress as well of, like, maybe we're ready for some stories of some really good guys that understand the world as complex yeah. and yet still choose pretty consistently the good things they're not saints that are like impossible but you know so you might see the pendulum swinging back and forth between heroes and anti-heroes but i think like coach taylor in friday night lights yeah is is kind of a good example of like the kind of hero that really resonates today is like a guy who has a very real marriage he yells at his wife sometimes he yells at his players he gets angry but He's a he's a hero. Like mm-hmm. they decided early on in that show that that Tammy and Coach Taylor were never going to get divorced. That's the thing that always happens. You got to throw in the drama. You got to throw in the drama. Well, the main couple will eventually get divorced, and then that'll give us ten episodes of content. They said they're never going to get divorced. They're going to stay together through through hard times. And uh, man, I personally I found that really refreshing in an era mm-hmm. of. Well, every marriage breaks up in a long-running drama show. Yeah, no matter what, you know. Um, yeah, but it, the you know so. just the appetite for the complexity is 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 progress in itself, and I think you'll see I that so. with even politicians and stuff. Like, I mean, it's weird because you just it, we aren't seeing that yet. <laughs> no, but it's unavoidable in the sense that if you go back, you, it seemed like JFK or somebody was squeaky clean, or you, mm. nobody even smoked pot could be president, or whatever. In yeah. the future, we'll have presidents with dick pics that have used drugs, and everybody knows it. Oh my it's hundred percent. It's hundred percent. Well, we basically have one. Yeah, right. But I'm saying I'm not condoning anything other than saying that is 
you know, they weren't squeaky clean before, but we're ha- we're forced to understand that it's not that you know the politician isn't a god or a king or a beauty. You know, it's like yeah, that's sure. okay. Yeah, that's good. Like, I mean, bad stuff happens, but there's good outcomes from it, and I think that's part of it. I mean, we're going to have, yeah. you know, and everybody think of the progress that'll be made when everybody goes, okay, well, I don't, I don't have to be perfect, even. Like, that's good. I think I might be a little bit constitutionally more into role models than you are, but I, I mostly agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think we're out of time, right? But that was great. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you like this, you can listen to my show, Depolarize. It's mm-hmm. on the Bad Christian Network. Yep, find it and, uh, on iTunes. Also, really soon now, Reconstruct is coming out, which is Good. a theology podcast with myself and John Reigns. Reconstructpodcast.com. There's some essays and blog posts up and episodes soon. Cool. Also, Thanks, Dan. Also on your network. Thanks, Matt. Been Appreciate enjoy. it. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks with Johnny, streaming everywhere now. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday.